1: Ladies and gents, yes, sir, we're back right at you with another outstanding show, all things covered. Listeners and viewers, thank you for the support. Pat P., joining yep. me here. Beat Mac, you guys know what time it is. Unfortunately, you guys know what happened. It's past Monday night. The Vikings visited the Philadelphia Eagles. Not the outcome that we all wanted, but, of course, you get to, you get a chance to live to fight another day. Now, it's time for the score check-in, and I know the score check-in ain't the same at the loss, but it is what it is. It's a part of the business. No one thought we would go 17 and 0, right, With with the Minnesota Vikings. We know a loss is going to happen. More might come as well, but it's all about the bounce back. And at the end of the day, you want to have more wins than losses to be able to get into the tournament, and that's the name of the game. Win more than you lose. Find a way to get a seat in the playoffs. And I think, I don't think I know the Minnesota Vikings have more than enough to do that with that being said Eagles recap Eagles win the ball game 24 to 7 uh not the outcome like I said that many all the Viking fans expected and the same can be said for the t- the team but let's jump right into it you know what what sort of challenges Pat P uh did the Eagles RPO scheme and J- Jalen Hurts uh present for you guys because it seemed like that was something that was kind of causing some issues especially when he had an option to run or or either throw throw it?
2: Yeah, anytime you give a quarterback, you know, you know, those options to to run the ball or pass the ball and also with the the run scheme mixed in there, the way they was running the ball, with the zone schemes and things like that, it makes it, uh, and also not winning on first down, it makes it extremely tough you know, for a play caller to, to get comfortable, get the offense in more predictable downs. Um, that was just some of the things that we didn't do a really good job at and what the RPO did was like I said, when you have the whole playbook open on second down, second and five, second and four, it makes those it makes the playbook more open. Now you now the offense have the ability to run or throw the ball. And now when you have that RPO action, now you're sucking people up when it's a uh when you're thinking it's a run and you got holes in the in, in the back end of the defense, um, creating um creating um, holes there. Um but for the most part, it's tough trying to you know, prepare for an offense like that when you haven't seen a traditional offense like that week in and week out. And, you know, trying to prepare for uh, um, uh, 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 that scheme is really tough. You just hope that you have all the right tools and all the answers going into that game. But I think t- something that we can take away from it is that now we have something on tape to learn from. You know, mm-hmm. because we're not going to see this type of offense each and every week now, now we have opportunity to, to 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 see this offensive style again throughout the year. Now we have something on tape to coach off of. Now we have something to, to be better at. You know when that opportunity presents itself um, again to us. But for the most part, I just think I just thought we was a little caught off guard, and you know we didn't we didn't get those guys in any real passing down situations to force Jalen to beat us. What was the biggest reason for
1: the loss, in your
2: opinion? Um on the defensive side of the ball, like I said, just you know, not being successful on first down. If you go back and look at the game, when we were successful on first down, we we got off the field. When we had those guys in more predictable passing down when it was second and tens, anytime it was second and nine plus, you know, th- we call those predictable downs. You know, now we have a pretty good grasp of what they wanna, what that play call is gonna be. If it's gonna be a play uh, if it's going to be a run or a pass. But, you know, it was very, it wasn't many opportunities in that game where, you know, we had those guys and those those opportunities. And just on offense, it just seemed like we just couldn't get out of first gear. Mm-hmm. Just never had no real clean throws throughout the whole night. You know, the offensive, uh, the defensive line of Philadelphia did a good job of penetrating the pocket you know, but, you know, like we said, it's just a loss that we have opportunities to learn from, and hopefully it's something that we can build off of and not let happen or show up again, you know, in the future.
1: Defensively, you know, we didn't see the aggressive nature that we thought we would see. We didn't see the aggressive play calling that we thought we would see. Uh, What led to that? Because it seemed like you guys had a mind frame defensively to kind of keep everything in front of you. From the secondary standpoint, and I think you know the majority of the ball game, you only rush four defenders. Uh, what led to that type of game plan, in your opinion, defensively? And is that something that we should expect to see throughout the season? More of a a generic, you know, shell type coverage where you keep everything in front of you, or will we get back to seeing some things that we saw Week One against it, the Green Bay Packers, where you guys were harassing Aaron Rodgers, sending pressure, sending people extra people in a, in, in, in in blitzing concepts?
2: Well, like I said, you know, every week's different, and this. Yep. Offense very, very different. You know, they have a lot of moving pieces. They have a lot of jet motions. They have a lot of uh, yak motion and yak motions where the tight ends is off the ball. They have a lot of plunge actions in the run game. So, you, you know, when you have those type of actions, it makes, it makes it tough for you to be as aggressive as you want to be. And then, like I said, when you're not having a team in passing situations, how can you call a, you know, a blitz or, you know, uh, any type of pressure when you're not sure if they're even passing it? you know what I mean? so uh I, I just think a lot accounted for in that in that game you know you know that caused us you know not to be as aggressive as we wanted to be um but like i said now that we have some you know some uh, an off uh, uh, an rpo offense on tape um some good tape for us to learn off of and you know hopefully we can you know learn from our mistakes that we made in this game you know, put ourselves in a better position you know if you know, if it's, if it's, if it's so happened that we have to play this style of offense again.
1: Yeah. Well, remember what I said last week leading up to the Eagles game? It's a defining moment. I said it was a defining moment. But I also did say, you remember what I said? This could be a preview of a potential playoff matchup. You
2: said that,
1: yeah. Remember I said that. And let me share one quick story with you. My rookie year, Monday night game, we played against the Colts in Indy. They kicked us in the mouth. I think they scored the first play of the game. It was like they they started hot. We couldn't cool them down. They dominated us. And one thing our head coach at that time said, Bill Coward, when we got into the locker room of the RCA Dome, that's where the coach used to play. Now they play in Lucas Oil. He said, because everybody was just laughing at us, we got dominated. He said, I'm going to tell you this much, guys. We're going to be in this same locker room in January. And when he said that, we just got... We just got, man, drilled. We got drilled. They beat us bad. But he said that, and every team, every member in uh, of, on the team all felt it and believed it. And we was like, you know question? And when we come back here in January, it's going to be a different outcome. And when we got back there in January, it's a different outcome. So that's what I said last week. I said this could be a preview of a playoff game based on the expectations and based on you know, the results and how competitive both teams is. We could see this same matchup. Don't know if it'd be in the same stadium or not, but we could see the same matchup in the playoffs. So make sure you just be mindful and be ready for that thing. I just dropped some. So, you know, it wasn't all just a dud for the Vikings. We did see some pretty good things. And our very own, our guy, Pat P, you know, you came up huge in in the special teams side of things. You know, walk us through that block kick. And at what point did you really feel like you can block a kick because I saw you in the sideline first thing you said to one of the coaches I think you said I told you I told yeah, you so yeah, yeah so walk us through that block kick
2: um actually we was man it's crazy uh Duke one of the guys we just picked up from Chicago Bears he came over from you know I think he's yeah he's on our practice squad now I don't know if he elevated him or not I can't remember I think we did yeah because he was just he was dressed uh last night but anyway uh Wednesday practice he was like, man, I need to be on the field goal block, man. I got three of them, man. I got I got three field goal blocks. I know he said I got four. Mm-hmm. I was like, man, you, I got three. What you talking about? I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm in there too. He was like, oh, okay, yeah, you, you good then, you good then. So in practice, you know, I had a couple, uh, had, had a couple good, uh, good, good takeoffs and this that and another. I was like, man, I'm gonna tie you this week. I think I'm gonna block one, you know, Monday. Mm-hmm. And surely, and surely behold. I ended up blocking one uh on Monday night, you know, was hoping that it was gonna be a pivotal time in the game. Like I said, we just couldn't get out of out of first gear on the offensive side of the ball. But other than that, you know, it's it always feels it always feels good to make those type of plays on special teams because mm-hmm. you know special team is just all grit, all hustle, all attitude. And, you know, for, for me to be, you know, in year 12, still giving it 100% off the edge is just, you know, it just goes to show how much football means to me.
1: Yeah. And next time we just need boy to kick it in another gear.
2: No, I mean, what boy got to do, he made it, you could t- you know, you, you can tell when certain people that never had the ball in their hand. And, and <laughs> First of all, what he should have done is, is get, I told him, I said, man, anytime you see a block kick or a block field goal or a return, anything, where do you see guys scoring at? The corner of the, the end zone. You yeah. have to get it in, then get it out to set it up. He kept it. He kept it straight along those numbers and gave the holder an opportunity to get behind him and swipe his legs. So, yeah. if he would have got, got made his way to the sideline, he would have gave Eric. um, I think uh Danil was behind him. He would have gave those guys a better opportunity. Because the kicker would have had to change his angle. Now, he would have had to go more of an angle versus a straight line in order to give Eric and those guys a better opportunity of shilling him off Mm -hmm. to a touchdown. But that's where Chris made a mistake. He just kept it too straight. You got to get to the sideline, man. No question.
1: No question. And think about this. You don't get a chance to score on the return, and then a turnover happens. So the momentum that you guys gained in the block kick, you lost right back. No question, but that's how it happens. It happens that way sometimes when you play good on good. That's why you got to take advantage of the opportunity when they present themselves. What's what sort of respect do you have for the game that Darius Slay put on display? I mean, Slay when guarding Justin Jefferson, who is no slouch, six targets will only allow one catch, two interceptions, a 0.0 passer rating. So far this season, Slay has been on point, has the number one coverage grade in the NFL through two weeks. According to PFF, you know, talk about the type of game he had against one of the best receivers in a, in the in league.
2: Yeah, he had a great game. Uh, always been a big fan of Slay. You know, ever since he was in Detroit. You know, uh, like we talked about. You know, he's always been one of those guys that you know. Anytime we played Detroit, anytime we played him when he was in Philly. You know, I had a, I wanted to to be able to you know be up on the on a chalk and see what he's doing. You know, mm-hmm. he, he's that. He's, uh, he's that type of athlete and he's that type of corner. But the game that he had last night was just, I was just unreal. <laughs> you know, No question.
1: I don't care. Yeah, he was it. in his bag and you know yeah. how it is when you're in your bag, you're in the rhythm, yeah. seem like you can't do no wrong.
2: Yeah, yeah. They say he gave up one pass. I don't think he gave up a catch, but yeah, apparently gave up <laughs> one catch on six targets, two picks. Um, yeah, I mean, it was just his day, man. The, the, the football gods was in Darius Slate, on Darius Slate's slide on Darius Slay's side. No question. Uh, Monday night for sure. Cause he, he definitely got some light pops. I don't care how you get him. You got to bring him in. And hell, he could have had more. No question. He, <laughs> he, he dropped, <laughs> he dropped two. No question. He
1: he he, he <laughs> caught two, but he dropped a, another two.
2: Yeah, man. So um, what a great, what a game he had, man. What a game. And his, he lived up to his nickname, Big Play Slay. No you question, know, no question.
1: And I with that being said, you know.
2: We are going to have my boy Big Play Slay Uh, on the show next week. So yeah, he's covering all things covered listeners and viewers, giving you a little preview on next week's show. I
1: like it. I like it. And with that being said, let's go ahead and talk about what's next for the Vikings. Now it's time to transition to our Lions preview. The Detroit Lions is the next matchup for the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, You saw a lot of Jared Goff when he was in the NFC West uh, with the Rams. Uh, What are some of the things you have to account for with him at the quarterback position for the Detroit Lions?
2: Uh well, you know, Jay can make all the throws. Um, you know, he has a very good grasp of the offense. You know, those guys, you know, the first two weeks, they put up some really good numbers on the offensive side of the ball. You know, something that he's accustomed to doing when he was with the uh with the Rams early on in his career when him and um uh, Sean uh first hooked up. Um so he has the talent, you know, and now they're you know they're they're trying to build a culture and and, uh, and a winning environment around there that seems to be working mm-hmm. with Dan Campbell is uh, bringing uh, bringing um, the attitude he's bringing over there to that Detroit uh, organization. Um, but you know, Jared, he's a he's he's a he's a talented quarterback. He's a talented quarterback that can make all the throws. A very strong arm. Um, like I say, he's he's making do with the talent that he has. Um, you know, Amon has been been great for him. No question. Um few weeks and even last year, you know, he yeah. was a bit target for him last year. So um those guys uh definitely got something cooking over there in Detroit for sure. Yeah,
1: and talking about Jared Goff and Amon Ra St. Brown, Jared Goff dating back to last week, last season, week 12. So so since week 12 of last season, the best touchdown to interception ratio, Aaron Rodgers is first 18 to one, Pat Mahomes is second, uh uh 19 to one, 19 to 1, 19 to 2, I'm sorry. And Jerry Goff is third, 17 to 3. And then in regards to St. Brown, uh, he's caught a receiving touchdown in six straight games. That's the longest active streak in the NFL and ties the longest streak in Lions history. He also has eight receptions, eight plus receptions in eight games. That ties the NFL record uh as well uh with Antonio Brown in 2014 and Michael Thomas in 2019. Uh, so these two these two guys for the Detroit Lions have really been balling and playing some big time. Give him some big time production for uh, the Detroit Lions, and those are two guys you got to really account for, not to mention the running game. They've been running the football. Well, I think they're number one in the league right now in rushing yards per ball game as a team uh, led by uh, Swift. You know, when Swift is in the game, they're doing some big time things. So this is a big challenge. For you guys, because the Detroit Lions are not your know, weekly pushover like we've seen in years past. Right. Uh they played the Philadelphia Eagles extremely close. They found a way to back, fight back in that ball game, and then they bounced back last week against the commander. So you know uh what they have on their mind and they believe they have opportunity uh to win. And so with that being said, this game is is this home or away, oh Pat Pappy? Home. Home. Okay. So now it's Diction. prediction time. So last week I said. 26 to 21 i was the winning team almost had 26 but it was 24 24 to 7 right yep. 24 to 7 so prediction time back at home back at the crib you know it's going to be fired up divisional game you guys are 1-0 and 0 in the division so you're in first place of your division that's huge prediction time we see a bounce back game for the offense so i'll say 24-13 Bounce back game for the Minnesota Vikings defense as well, only allowing 13 points. 24-13, Vikings win. Everybody's happy. Everybody's happy. Right? You like that? How that sound? I love it. Okay. Wait, you guys got my prediction. You know what time it is. One thing we know about the Minnesota Vikings, they're undefeated when they play at home. Week three is a home game. So let's keep that streak going. Let's keep it going, baby. Now let's transition to around the league. Here's where we tap into NFL news throughout the National Football League. Pat P, I don't know if you really saw exactly what happened. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Before we even do that. You was just you were just in Philly, right? Yep. Did you get a cheesesteak?
2: Yes, I got a cheesecake and not cheesesteak and I yep. did Dude. Huh? I did not do the marinara. What what did you get it from Ishka Bibbles? Yeah, we got it from Ishka Bibbles. What kind did you get? A normal cheese stick with some provolone. <laughs> oh, was it good? Yeah, it was good. See, yeah. if you if the got
1: the one with the pizza sauce, uh-huh. I'm trying to tell you. I ain't feel like having no sloppy joe. It's not a sloppy joe. It sound like. It ain't a sloppy joe. Sloppy joe is what, with, with, uh, what they put chili, and that's chili.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like chili. That's, hey, that's what it sounds like. It's red sauce.
3: Yeah, chili. how you
1: saying no sloppy joe? That's exactly <laughs> Sloppy Joe's with chili. Sloppy Joe is beef, red sauce, beans. I don't like. I don't like sloppy oh, Joe. I, I, don't, I, don't sloppy Joe I used know. to hate when they used uh, serve that at a school lunch. Yeah, I used to skip
2: that line. You're not sloppy Joe.
1: No. Nah, well, just, well, I'm glad. I'm glad you got a good cheese steak. I'm 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 glad you did that. So, did you get a chance to see what happened in the New Orleans Saints Tampa Bay Buccaneer game in regards to Mike Evans and Marshawn Lattimore?
2: Yes, yeah, so I saw the highlight. That was it, uh, they, those guys got some real beef. They don't like each other for real. That's real life.
1: That's like real life. I don't like you. I think yeah. if they saw each other out in the streets, they probably would fight.
2: It's on sight. Uh, no doubt about it. No doubt about yeah. it. Yeah. So
1: I think that's the most hated wide receiver cornerback. Do what we've ever seen. Because they really don't like each other.
2: Yeah. they really, It's some real bad blood there going back. I believe what the first incident was what? 2017 ish. Yeah. Yeah. No
1: question. Yeah, I I think that's more intense than the Crabtree leave situation when he grabbed his chain.
2: Yeah, yeah. Remember that? Hands down. I mean, because this was actually a physical altercation. Like, he ramshacked my man, Marshawn.
1: No question. He jumped He Marshawn was talking to Tom, and Mike just don't like Marshawn, so he just found a way to get himself involved in it.
2: That's what it looked like. Yeah.
1: Are you okay with the one-game suspension they gave Mike Evans?
2: Yeah, I think that was worthy enough for one game. Yeah. You know, obviously it was uncalled for. And you know how the league is, you don't want to, you know, display, you know, those type of actions on, you know, on um, you know, in that setting so. But yeah, I think I think I think that's fair for one game.
1: No question. I can tell you this much. I'm okay. Was, I mean, I know it's tough, but I'm playing against Mike Evans this year this week in fantasy. So if he ain't in the lineup, man, that that going to help my t- my team out to win. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So it also was a week of comebacks. The Ravens led the the, the, the Dolphins 35 to 14 in the fourth quarter. Yep. And they somehow lost. The Dolphins scored 28 points in the fourth quarter. What people don't realize is it's almost impossible for one team to score 28 points in one quarter when they're sharing the football with the opposing team's offense. Yeah, That's the thing. Yep. That was unbelievable seeing what happened. And then the Jets fought fought back to beat the Browns um and and get this NFL teams had lost 2331 straight games when trailing by 13 plus points in the final 2 minutes excluding the playoffs the jets found a way to win and then lastly the raiders they led, they had a 20 to 0 halftime lead and got outscored 29 to 3 to end the game to your former team the Arizona Cardinals w- what's the mentality like when you're the team coming back and when you're the team trying to defend against a comeback.
2: Well, when you're the team trying to come back, you know, obviously you, you, you're your your um let me see, I guess like your your anticipation or your uh your excitement level goes you know even higher because now you're trying to you know press to get back into the game. Mm-hmm trying to do everything that you can to, to call back into the game, you know what I mean? To, to give yourself a shot, you know, yeah. so trying to do everything that you possibly can, you know, to get back into the game and for on the defensive side of the ball, as far as defending it, I always think it's fun as a defensive player when you have a lead, because now
1: they're going to throw it. Yeah. Now they're about to throw
2: the ball. So now you have opportunities on top of opportunities to make plays to, yeah. to, to, you can have your, your pass rushers pin their ears back and the guys on the back end, you know, have vision on the quarterback and just have a, a pick fest, you know, for the most part. But you know, obviously that didn't happen and on, on the Baltimore Ravens game. I didn't see the game. I just saw a couple of the highlights. Yeah. it Looked like it was a bunch of coverage breakdowns.
1: It was. They had some blown coverages, but yeah. still to yeah. allow 28 points is something that you don't expect.
2: Yeah, so it just looked like it was a lot of uh, mental errors, a lot of coverage, uh, meltdowns uh, meltdowns in the back end. And I feel like that's what, you know, obviously that's something that caused the Dolphins to score, you know, 28 points Mm -hmm. uh, in that fourth quarter. And I had an opportunity because we had just landed in Philly to watch the Cardinals in the Oakland game. Yep. Watching that game, I think Kyler had just – just got the two point, conversion, or maybe just scored the touchdown first, and they got the uh, I think it was a, a false start and they pushed them back five yards. Yes, sir. Two point conversion and they kicked the ball off to Oakland. I'm uh, not Oakland, I don't know why the, the Raiders, the Vegas Raiders. It's a lot, the uh, the Raiders. And you know, when Riffro, Riffro uh, fumbled that ball the first time, the first time, that's it. Yeah. Don't give him the ball again because you know why. Because when we was playing the Oakland Raiders, the first thing that I thought about, because we go over this turnover thing, we mm-hmm. go compete uh, a repeated offenders who, who ball violators. Yeah. <laughs> it was like the number two guy on the list. And it was like tackles just like how he got tackled. Yeah. Trying to break out of a tackle on the sideline, somebody coming to punch the ball out. It just him always off balance. I said, man, don't throw this man the ball again, man. Yeah. Find a way to get the ball to Devontae Adams or somebody else, or Walker. Mm. Not give him the ball again, because you just, you you literally, you just escaped uh, a a bullet just then by on that one. and I'm sure they know that he's a repeated defender. (laughs) If the opposing team know, I'm sure they know. (laughs) So, when I saw him trying to get out of that tackle, and my man Isaiah Simmons laid that boom on him, yeah. Then boy, Murphy, Mur- Mur-
1: right at the right place. Boy, Murphy, one
2: hand scoop. Oh, the scoop was so pretty. He scooped that thing, ran it all the way in the end zone. Almost did not uh, go too soon. But uh, yeah, it was called a touchdown. But man, it was a uh, um, it 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 was good to see those guys just sticking there and fight fight to the end and you know, uh, and find a way to get the dub, you know, that's all for those guys in the second, the, the last game was the Jets and- The Browns. Cleveland. Man, how about Nick Chubb, man? Nick Fall Chubb down. For losing. Yeah. Last year, <laughs> take a knee. This year he scores, and they lose both games.
1: That's no no question. <laughs> and that was a tough way to lose too, boy. Like, you're not supposed to lose that. You're not supposed to
2: lose oh, that. Oh, man. That's not- I said, what? No way they lost the game. No question. I'd be doggone. They lost the game. But they lost I, it. I didn't have opportunity to see that game, so I can't really tell you what went on in that game. But um, I did see Joe Flacco had a day.
1: Joe Flacco, Garrett Wilson had a day. Uh, you know, Bryce, uh, Bryce Hall had a pretty good – so some of their young players stood up for the Jets, and they needed it. Uh, and now the Jets, you know, got another big game this week. I forgot who they got this week. I know Cleveland has the Steelers Thursday night. Um, dang, I forgot who the Jets. were. Well, anyway, the Jets, the Jets got Cincy. Yeah, that's gonna be a they good one. Cincy. They okay. got Cincy. They got Cincy. They got Last Thank question for you, Pat people, before we let you go. Okay. After two weeks of play, who is the best quarterback in the National Football League right now?
2: Right now, ooh, I'm gonna help you out. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Lamar Jackson. You go, Lamar. Or Patty Mahomes. I go Josh Allen. Yeah. You uh, just, oh, yeah, you like, tripping. Right. I'm tripping. Yeah, Josh Allen. Yeah, I'm tripping. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you tripping. Yeah, I'm tripping. <laughs> yeah, Josh Allen having a dog. Oh my goodness. It's not even close. Yeah, it's not no, even
1: close. everybody else fighting for second MVP. right now.
2: MVP so far. Facts. MVP. Yeah, MVP.
1: They pulled their starters in the third quarter, Pat P. Yeah, man. Yeah.
2: It, it, it can get ugly when you when we trying to prepare for them boys. They yeah. got they got some weapons. They got defense. They got a gunslinger. They got receivers. They got everything. They got a very good complimentary football team. So they- no
1: question. They got they got they got your uh the the dolphins, your your childhood favorite team. So that's gonna be a big game in Miami. Yeah, that's gonna be a really big game. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, Hey, Pat P, man, we know what time it is. It's business week for you. Uh, hope all of our listeners and our viewers enjoyed this episode of All Things Covered. I gave my prediction for the Minnesota Vikings and the Detroit Lions game happening in Minnesota. 24 to 13 is my prediction. Skull Nation, make sure you're there. These guys need the support. It's a bounce back game, not to mention it's a divisional game as well. An opportunity to go 2-0 in your division and stay on top of the NFC North. Pat P man go out and be great. Stay healthy. Best of luck to you and your teammates. This Sunday, you know, we all will be watching and cheering for number seven and the rest of the purple and gold.
2: Yes, sir. Let's get it.